Welcome back to Slay the Stars in episode 51. Last time, Zem and Shar wrapped up their business in Morbale. They procured some information, did some shopping, and had a long conversation with Shar's deity, Amara. In the morning, they left Morbale to begin the trip south to Kai's home, where they hoped to find their loved ones. They begin their journeys, and at first, things seem normal. Just a leisurely jaunt, but on the morning of the second day, you awaken to find that the forest around you feels different. I need you both to roll me either nature or survival checks. It's another motherfucking prairie pressing. (laughs) You said what? Nature or? Or survival. It's the same either way. 22. 19. Okay. You both roll very well. Uh, I guess I could roll for Rafe. All right, he doesn't do as well as either of you. Um, (laughs) You get an almost sinister vibe from your surroundings. And the place you're in now looks the same as the place you went to sleep for the night, but it feels different. Uh... You feel like you're being watched. Detect magic. Okay. Um, just putting this out there, before we go to bed every night, I would be doing the um, alarm. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Nothing triggered the alarm in the night. Shar, you cast detect magic. You don't notice anything that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Where's oh, I... I'm really sorry. Mm, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say I didn't. Roll the four tens. Four tens again. So, uh, eight and fourteen. Okay. Where's Ristos? Oh, she would be in the carriage. I'm gonna check on her. Make sure she's there. Yeah, she's there. She's comfortable. The drive has been fairly easy. When she gets more upset, you have means to help her. Uh, she doesn't do much. She sits and she watches out the window of the carriage. You guys normally, I would assume, have her sleep in there so she's not sleeping outside. So she spends most of her time there. Uh, something seems like I was watching us. Can I see, like, scope the perimeter of the alarm spell and see if anybody has been around us? Sure. Roll me another survival check. I would like to look at, like, like, is it nighttime still? No, it's morning. It's early morning, so you're just getting those like first rays of dawn. Are the trees the same? Are the plants the same as what we went? They seem to be. Yeah. Okay. Although, did you roll nature or survival last time? I rolled, well, they were the they same. They were the same, so, so I... it doesn't matter. Okay. 21. You don't notice any tracks around you. Zem, the trees aren't different than when you went to sleep but as you're looking at them they seem familiar and it dawns on you that you weren't paying much attention to the type of trees that were around you whenever you went to sleep last night because it was just a forest but with the light now coming through these trees feel almost out of place they're not the typical piney brown bark trees that you remember seeing on the way north when you were coming this way originally the tree bark is 
whiter. Mm. Um, so like, kind of like birchy, like what you would expect in like a cold climate situation. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, are they, this is, are we in like a clearing? Like, is this, is this a forest or is this like more open with some trees it's more of a forest and you're in a like it is like a clearing at this point somewhere where there weren't a lot of roots a more comfortable place for you to sleep are all the trees the same yeah mostly i mean it's not a complete monoculture but you see a lot of these types of trees and you both start to smell something on the air it's like this sweet floral note but it doesn't smell like any flowers that you're aware of hmm. um are there sounds like do we hear birds and like chittering and roll me a perception check Thirteen. Come to think of it, no. You don't really hear birds. And you would expect to be hearing them morning doves and things like that this early in the morning, and you don't hear anything. Just the light sound of leaves rustling in the breeze. Are we near water? No. I think we should go. You know what? I lied. Yes, you are near water. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's really weird here. Uh, so are there flowers around? No. Um, just like to Rafe, I'm going to say, have you seen this before? Like, felt this? Smelled this? No. I don't like it. No, this is very odd. We should move on. I'll start packing up. Okay, you pack up your camp. You start to head south again. Who's driving the carriage and who's inside and what are you doing? I'd be inside because I'm the most familiar to... Uh, either I, Red Rafe or I would be driving and the other one would be on watch, I think. Okay. So, Zem, you're inside with Headmistress Ristos and she seems okay. The two of you, Shar and Rafe, are outside of the carriage, and you notice that as you are heading in what you believe is a southerly direction, the smell seems to be getting stronger. You smell that sweet? Sweet smell? Rafe's like, I have an incredibly acute sense of smell, and this is choking. Choking? No, I feel it's so much. I feel like it's choking me. And he looks forward and you don't see anything yet, Shar, but he points up ahead and he says, is that blood? Where? Like in the road? Or like on the cart? No, up ahead. And as he, he points, you see that there is another large clearing. 
And in the center of the clearing, there's a huge tree with no leaves on it, just spiky limbs that seem to shoot out everywhere. And all around the base of the tree, it's just blood. That... Did you see this on the way up? No, I did not. So it's blocking the road, is that correct? The What you are traveling on is less of a road and more of just like a worn path through the woods. Okay. And it's not blocking it, it's kind of off to the side. Skip it. I wouldn't go near it. Works for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As you start to try to skirt around this, I need... Zem, you will have advantage because you are inside of the carriage. Char, I need... Well, I need both of you to roll me um, wisdom saving throws. (laughs) With advantage, five. Which I'm actually... going to keep. 21. Okay. These were unfortunate rolls. <laughs> um, so, Char, you don't notice anything change as you're trying to drive past, but Rafe puts his hand out. He says, stop. What's the matter? Okay. No, just, I need to, I need to see what's happening over there. For where? The, the Aren't you curious? And he starts to stand up to get out of the carriage or get off the carriage you're outside. Brave. No, no. I, I'll be I'll be right back. At the same time, Zem, you feel an overwhelming urge to get out of the carriage. And it comes to a stop. What is this? Open the door. Get out. What is that? The smell is drawing you in. Like a moth to a flame. Does it smell good? It smells amazing. It smells incredible. What is that? The fuck is wrong with guys? They These start guys walking start, yeah. towards the tree. I'll follow them. I'm looking for one I've got. Okay. As I'm gonna cast Twilight Sanctuary as we start getting towards the tree. I can everybody gets one D six temporary hit points, so Headmistress Ristos is just saying in the carriage because this would not be fair and I'm not that person. <laughs> so Char uses Domitrudy to shut the door. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that she is not even in her right mind enough to be affected by this. <laughs> uh, eight temporary hit points to both Rafe and Zem. Okay. And I'm ending the either a charmed or a frightened effect on Zem to start. Okay. So this is how it's going to work. Rafe, Zem, Shar. You're approaching as like a small group. Rafe's a little in the front, then Zem. Shar's kind of following to watch what happens. Shar, you are thinking like, I don't like this. You start performing your Twilight Sanctuary. Just as you guys get within like 20 feet, Zem, you feel this like, this warmness in your chest as Shar ends this charmed effect on you. And there's a moment where you're like, like, what was I doing? Why am I standing here and in that moment you see that Rafe has made it up to the tree and he's just standing there staring at it It, you can't see his face but there is a look of wonder on it and 
you just start to notice that there are vines starting to creep up his leg. And I need everybody to roll initiative. You have advantage. That's unfortunate. 30-20. Not one for three. (laughs) And you gave Rafe eight hit points, right? Temporary hit points, Yes. yes. All right. Top of the round, Zem, you you come to, you're standing there, you're confused, and you see Rafe just standing in awe of this tree, which seems to be trying to wrap him up in vines. What are you doing? I am going to just go ahead and send out a witch bolt to the vines. Okay. Go for it. I'm going to do that at second level. That is a 21 to hit. That hits. And then... Yuck. That is four lightning damage. Okay. You throw out your hand towards this, and you see the lightning crash down on these vines, and it takes them off of one of his legs, but they're moving up both, and so it does not completely break him free. Anything else, Sam? How, so, like, I was up with him, like, I was close with him, so how far away am I from him? No more than 15 feet. I don't have anything. Um, I'm not going to get closer. I was going to try and, like, grab his hand or something, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Next up is Rafe's turn. just stands there as the vines continue to creep up his legs and it is the tree's turn at this point you hear this creaking snapping sound as it starts to move and shift and zem first thing it does is swings out with a branch attack towards you since you hit it with lightning that is a natural 20 silvery barbs (laughs) yeah Figured. It's a 13 to hit. Uh, well, I used my reaction, yeah, for the silvery barb, so that does hit. But no crit. Okay. Did we do something about my AC? Mm, no. No. Zem, you take 13 points of bludgeoning damage as you were struck by the branch. And it is going to then it's a dirty 20 to hit. You watch as the vines that have creeped up Rafe's legs begin to constrict and start to try to pull him towards the ground. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, quick question. Okay. So that hit me for damage, so I need a check, right? Yes, for concentration. Rolled a 19. Yeah, you're fine. You make it. Next up is Shar's turn. Am I within 30 feet of Rafe? Yes. Okay. Uh, Whenever they end my turn within that aura, uh, remove the charmed effect if he's affected by it. Okay. So that's not when an action, it's an action to activate it. It's just whenever they end their turn. Okay. So there's that. Um, 
as my action, though, uh, Moonbeam. Okay. On the tree. Okay. And I'm positioning so it's, like, on the other side, so it's not hitting Rafe. Okay. It is a con save. Yes. Uh, it's a lot. It's uh, 22. Uh, re-roll it. Sixteen. That does beat my AC or um spell DC. All so right. it's half damage. So two D ten radiant. Uh, that's actually pretty good. Nine and a eight, so seventeen halved. So eight points of damage. Yeah. Oops, no, that's the wrong thing. And if it's a shapeshifter, it can go fuck itself. It is not, I mean, it's sort of maybe, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't change its shape. It's just like one of these things that's like, whenever it, it has false appearance. So it just looks like a tree until it attacks. But you know that now. So are you moving, Char? Or anything with your bonus action? Uh, I'm making sure that I stay within 30 feet of both of them. Okay. And with my bonus action, new. No. Okay. Because I use a spell, so. Top of the round, Zem, it's your turn. All right, I'm going to... Oh, you know what? Bonus action, patient defense. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm going to just continue uh, focusing on the vines. Okay. Motherfucker. Um, three. Okay, with that, you strike again at these vines that are on Rafe's legs, and they do wilt and crumble and fall. He's still standing there. He seems to be almost unaware of what's happening to him. Okay. Um, so my attack wasn't casting a spell, but it was... Concentrating on a spell using it, yeah. But it's dropped now because the vines are gone, right? Yes. So... Do I get to cast a bonus spell or no? I don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't cast the spell this turn. You just used it. So if you have a bonus action spell that you want to use, you can do it. Okay. Um, Six plus three. That's how much she gets as temporary hit points right after. Okay. Um, I want to try to... I'm going to try to mold earth between Rafe and the tree. Isn't that an action, though? Oh, wait. Is it? Yeah, I think Mold Earth is an action. So, oh, I'm in spells. Sorry. You're fine. It's... I actually don't think any of my cantrips... You'd have to quicken it if you did it. And, and I, don't I don't think, think you I do. Have that. That's what I was looking at. I don't, because I have Twinned and Seeking and Careful and... I wish they were all in one spot. This is really it is unsubtle. Annoying. Yeah, I don't have that one. Okay, so then I don't have any spells that are bonus actions. Okay. So with that, it is Rafe's turn. You said that the charmed effect ends at the end of his turn? The end of last turn was when it ended, if he was within that 30 feet. Actually, can I throw, just like reach down and throw whatever 
I'm like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get Rafe's attention. So could that have been my bonus action? Sure. That's fine. You reach down, you throw like a little rock towards him and you see in that moment, whenever it like hits his leg or whatever, he is sort of like coming to and looking around and he looks confused, but he sees what's happening. He sees this tree that's like moving about in front of him and he is going to lash out towards it. You have nine temporary HP, by the way. With two attacks. That is an 18 to hit. And natural one. Um, <clears throat> so you watch as Rafe's hands elongate once again, and he takes a swipe out of this thing, almost like hesitatingly trying to figure out what this is. And he connects, and some of the bark scrapes off, and you see underneath it, there's this like oozing red goo that seems to be under the bark itself. Gross. But it is now the tree's turn. And the tree doesn't like that. So it swings out first with a branch. Uh, you know what? I'm going to roll a d4. Shaw, you're one. Zem, you're two. Rafe is three. We re-roll fours. Two. Zem, it's coming after you. That's another 13 to hit. Uh, that's going to actually be a... Shield? Re-roll. Uh, silver bars? Oh, wait a minute. A shield? Um, I'm just going to straight shield. Yeah. Okay. The branch swings down forward. You throw up your hand and this purpley colored force field flies up before you and the, the branch cracks off. At the same time, Char, you feel coming up around your legs with a 23 to hit some of these vines. You are going to take 12 points of bludgeoning damage as these vines creep up your legs and start to squeeze. You said 12? Yes. Okay. And yeah, that's going to pass the concentration. All right. And it's your turn, Char. Uh, Moonbeam's still up. Con save. Uh, it's a 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, so 10 halved. So 5 radiant damage. All right. And then as my... I think that's my action still, technically. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. As my bonus action, because it is not technically a concentration spell, a uh, spirit weapon right up on the tree. All right. And attack. Do it. So that's a D8 to damage if I hit. Okay. Uh, 17, 24. 24 to hit? Yeah, mm -hmm. that hits. Six. Ten force damage. Okay. Describe what it looks like when your spirit weapon connects. Uh, so I like to imagine, like, music notes, like, tink off of the, the loot when it hits. Like, <laughs> like in a comic panel when somebody gets punched, there's, like, the pow. Yes. But it's music notes. I dig it. I dig it. And we're top top of the round with Zem. Um, so I'm going to cast... Oh, also, um, I get temporary HP, too. Yes. Of course. Thunder wave, but I'm going to cast it. Um, so I'm going to walk up uh, beside Rafe. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast the thunder wave. Um, so he's technically 
beside me so he doesn't need to be in the yeah, area of effect. But is Arthur uh, Char? Sure. No, he is not. He's behind you both. Um. Okay, then I don't have to spend the um, sorcery points. No, you don't. So, um, I need a con save. 22. You're rolling stupid saves right I now. I am rolling really good saves right now. I can't force a... I don't think I can react to that. Um, is portents a reaction? It is a reaction. You could give a portent roll to make it fail. Um, yeah, why not? Okay. So it rolled an 8. Okay, that would give it a 13. Ooh, thank God. Okay, so that's fail. So 2d8... Yeah, D8s. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't rolled these in a while. Um, uh, what was the roll? That is a 7 and a 2. Um, I don't think I add anything to that, right? I no. don't add anything. Yeah. All right. And it's pushed back, what, 15 feet from you, I, I think? I think it's just 10. 10? Um, it's a 15-foot cube originating. Oh, cube. Originating from you. Yeah, that's fine. Because you're throwing out your hands. It's. I'm not going to. Rafe is not in it. You're fine. You, you can shoot it at a diagonal. You can't. So you th- push out your hands towards this thing, and there's this concussive blast, and you hit this tree, and for a moment, you're like, oh, like, I mean, what's going to happen? Am I going to knock it over? And you see the roots from the ground lift up, and the tree is actually shoved backwards, the ten feet. Like dragging the roots through the ground? Mm-hmm. Damn. Anything else, Sam? That looks cool. I'm, I'm a little impressed with myself. Yeah. I just kind of smirk, and then I, like... I, I just look at Rafe like, <laughs> <laughs> he looks back at you and he's like, pretty good. Uh, and you watch him. He disappears from the space he was standing in, almost like smoke. And you watch him reappear on the other side of the tree where it was. And he's going to take two more attacks at the tree. It's a 16 to hit, that hits. And an 18 to hit, that hits. So, not great damage. Um, He manages to hit with his two strikes, but you can tell that because he's basically clawing at this thing. He's not, it's so thick. He's having a hard time getting through. But you do see that there's just like pieces of bark and this sloughing off. It it looks like coagulated blood coming out of this thing. Like chunks. Yeah. And with that, it is the tree's turn. So I th- I know that I'm going to fuck this up at least three more times before the end of this game. Uh, it's at the start of the creature's turn when Moonbeam starts, and we have fucked this up every time. It's fine. I don't even. Do you want to just is... change it to start of my turn? Yeah, I don't even. Okay. I hate Moonbeam as a spell. The way it's worded, it's dumb. I think spells should just happen on people's turns, so it's not confusing. <laughs> so this is fine. Cool. We I just, do. Right. I want to make sure that like because <laughs> I have fucked this up 100 percent of the time. Oh yeah, we we both do it all the time, <laughs> forever. Sure. In this moment, you feel that these vines, they were just squeezing before. And now you start feeling something piercing. Maybe. That's a 15 to hit. Misses. You manage to, I don't know how you avoid this. (laughs) Maybe you have thick pants. I don't know. (laughs) I do have the stockings. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Your stockings and your wrappings and your pants are managing to hold back the piercing thorns coming out of these vines. But you can tell that it's not going to last forever. First thing it's going to do, uh, odds it's Rafe, evens it's Zem. Zem, you are... 
That's a lot to hit. Uh, it's a 27 to hit you. I don't think I used my reaction because he's the only, that's the only thing that goes. So I'm going to, um, Silvery Barbs. Why can I not remember the name of that? <laughs> uh, it's still 13 to hit. <sighs> Jesus. So, Zem, you get cracked with one of these branches. Could be worse. Could be worse. It's bad damage. Uh, for 13 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And it is going to try to grasp you with one of its roots. That's a 19 plus 9, 28 to hit. Mm-hmm. Zem, mm-hmm. you take another 11 points of bludgeoning damage as these vines shoot up out of, out of the ground and start trying to drag you down as well. Char, it's your turn. Okay, uh, con save to start. I'm sorry, the second it the failed. second amount of damage, what did you say? 11? Yes. Okay, uh, 12 radiant damage All right. to start. Uh, I'm going to move the spirit weapon loot over to the the words, uh, the vines that have Zem. Okay. Where did my D20 go? There it is. Uh, and just attack those vines. Okay. Uh, 18 to hit. That hits. Uh, seven. Doesn't matter. The vines around you, Zem, are immediately just destroyed by these music notes from the spirit weapon. Right. And then, before I forget, uh, at the end of Zem's turn, you get Eight temporary hit points. So you should have taken eight taken eight less. I had nine from before. Oh, did it not? Oh, then no, never mind. Because uh, it's choosy. And then Rafe also gets six. All right. And then I now get to choose my own adventure for <laughs> six, seven, eight. So they go up. Okay. And then that's it. Top of the round, Zem. It is your turn. So I'm done fucking around. <laughs> um, I I like to hear that you scream that. It says I'm done fucking around. How bad do you look right now? I'm I look bad. So I'm gonna try some crazy shit. Okay, let's see it. So the ground that's torn because it got pushed back. Are there roots in the ground there? Uh, there are like pieces of broken off roots. Yeah. Broken off, but not mm-hmm. attached. There are still roots attached to it, but like you know. They're not so it has been completely derooted from the ground where it was standing. So, like in my mind, what I'm picturing is I want to reach my fucking hands into the ground and mm-hmm. like I'm still perfectly fine with rolling, but like I in it what it looks like to me is that I reach into the ground and I light it up with a witch bolt at fourth level. Roll to hit. That is a 19 to hit. That hits. And that is, I think, every one of these that I have. Do you need more D12s? I got you. I was going to say, I have a bunch right here. I got four. I'm good. Okay. Please don't fuck with me. <laughs> um, 19. Oh, my God. I got a 12. 22. 31. 32. 33. Describe what it looks like when you kill this tree, Zamira. You know when lightning <laughs> hits a tree and it burns from the inside out? One hundred percent, yes. It's that, but from the bottom up instead. (laughs) 
There's a lightning bolt that goes to the sky. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, except, like, not just up to the sky, but, like, the major arteries of the tree. Like, Like, I dig it. That's exactly what happens. And as, like, you you smell burning wood and ozone, and that sweet smell becomes this, like, acrid, burnt honey almost smell in the air. It's like Satisfying perfume to my soul. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and Rafe, immediately, he's standing there in shock and awe. He's watching them do this, and he runs insanely fast towards you, Zamira, and, like, comes over and is, like, trying to calm you down because <laughs> you look crazy real now. Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah. I feel like I turn and look at him and there's, like, electricity crackling in my eyes. Like, <sighs> don't. <laughs> He's, like... Wow. <laughs> Shara's going to grab the spirit loot weapon, just like one cord, and then it disappears. Oh, and I then, love that. And then awesome. Moonbeam just fizzles out. I dig it. So? Uh, you guys still have temporary hit points, just in case, for the next, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I used a lot of spell slots. You guys good? No. Okay, Shara's going to investigate the tree, see if he can pull specifically wood that's been struck by lightning for, I know damn well it's a spell component. Arthur knows that. Shara probably doesn't, but he's just like, cool, a stick. Uh, <laughs> it is, you and can I've do used that it easily. You what can, did I you use can get somewhere. Which for this? It's for which Yeah, ball. I was yeah. going to say. I know, uh, I'm like, I know I've used this. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Um, the circle of life. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, you you easily do that. You can collect some charred wood from the tree. Zem, this reminds me of the yeah, reminds me reminds you of the story you told way back in episode six mm-hmm. with Jor and with the dwarves. Yeah, <laughs> what could have been? Is he dead? <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> um, if if Shar can get a vial of like the goo from the tree, sure, he can. He's gonna do that. You can do that. Also, I would like for you to roll me something to tell me what to to guess what that is. So, go ahead and uh, choose a skill and tell me which one you want to roll. <laughs> I think that this was medicine. Sure, that's cool. Seventeen. You're looking at this as you collect it, and it is, it's thick. It's thick like a blood clot. And, uh, but it doesn't. Coagulate? You, no, it is coagulated, but it doesn't seem like it's just blood. And you kind of like wave it, you know, like the, what's it called? Sniff, don't whiff, you know, like in chemistry class. Like, whiff, don't sniff. Whiff, don't sniff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you. Waft? Waft, 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 don't whiff. I have no Whatever. idea. Whatever. Listen, it's we're old. Just I don't. don't you're not like you're not snorfing <laughs> it. <laughs> but Shar, you, you do. You smell that like iron smell, like pennies, like blood. But you also smell that sweet honey smell coming from this. It's weird. Does the does everything like smell of that? Like that sweet honey smell. Well, it seems like it was mostly coming from the tree. Or is it just tree. like, yeah, from the tree. Yeah. It, it, that's it. There, it's not like around 
No, seems to be coming from the tree. And now that you are looking around, the the ground around this tree had been fairly um like covered with leaves and detritus and things like that from the forest. But as you're looking around the area more, you see bones and things like that from small animals, some larger animals like deer that have been consumed here. Damn. Is it still on fire or? Yeah, it's burning. <laughs> hey, uh, I think we should go. You see Shore like pack something away in his bag. <laughs> I'm going to grab a couple extra twigs that are not like necessarily burnt. I'm, I'm just, I like things. Sure. Yeah. Collect all the things. I want to bring something back to Kai. She will like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still like coming down from that high of like. <laughs> so, I don't know. Kind of getting used to my skin again. Like, roll me an insight check. So, just to confirm, Gaultheus tree, right? No, not quite. Similar, but not quite. Something else. I just need something for my notes. Gaultheus ish. Yeah, Gaultheus ish tree. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, 11. Good Lord. Okay. You, Rafe is there. He's not saying anything. He's staying close. He keeps an, uh, like a hand on the small of your back, just kind of like rubbing, comforting. Uh, you don't, you can't really read the expression on his face though. Um, so that's the first time you saw that. It was very impressive. I told you I could be a monster. Zamir, just because you're powerful doesn't make you a monster. Destroying a monster makes you a good person. And that thing was clearly a monster. Okay. I say clearly not believing that. <laughs> Shara's going to smack Zem on the back, cure wounds. Okay. Wasn't even in the tray. Wasn't even in the tray again. Ten hit points. And he's going to give Rafe the next advantage on initiative. I'm still ten off. Thank you. Okay. Zem, you heal a bit. And in that moment when when Shara's healing you, you get kind of concerned because you saw Rafe getting attacked at first. And you see where the vines had, like, pierced his pants and stuff. There's no blood. There's no wound. Nothing to leave any sort of mark on his skin. Are you wounded at all? I was, but I'm fine now. That is handy. <laughs> yeah. I'll drive. You want to keep her company for a minute? Um, I... If you think that you can handle it. Or you can go in and I can sit out here. For a little bit. I've got some excess energy I need to burn off. <laughs> it's called ozone. <laughs> uh, By the way, that's literally where I was going. Not. Yeah. I, I'm aware. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. I'll see if I can keep Bristo's company. It shuts the door. <laughs> okay. Um, when you get inside, Char, you notice that if she's gone, I'm going to lose a shit. She's dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> Son of a bitch! No. Uh, 
she is not panicked, but she looks a little stressed. And she's looking at you with her brow creased a bit. She's gotten used to you over the past day or so of traveling. So seeing you isn't an issue. But she looks concerned for whatever was happening. She heard all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Are we traveling with a demon? No. No. I don't think so. (laughs) Off in the distance. There's only like a 10% chance. I mean. (laughs) That'd be dope. Half celestial, half demon. Be weird as shit, but man. Little Nikki. <laughs> Little Nikki. I have not thought of that movie in so long. <laughs> I'm going to start talking wow. out of the side of my face. What a dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love Adam Sandler. I do. He's he's wonderful. I'm just Hey, we're, we're good. It's, it's all right. Roll a persuasion check. It's a minus, but it's 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 fifteen minus one, so fourteen. All right, she starts to calm a little bit and relax back in her seat. Charger's gonna like keep keep a hand, just make sure she's okay. Yeah, and she's comforted by that, and she just sits, watches out the window. Zem, meanwhile, what are you doing? Are you okay with all of this? I don't know what you mean. Like. I don't know, like, this existence that you have is long and weird. It is long and weird. Seems kind of lonely. It is. I know something about that. So I'm just saying, like, are you okay with all of this? No. Is there anything that I can do for you? You already are. You've given me something to to do. Something to be excited about. I mean that in a lot of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have very little in my life that I am genuinely happy about and... You've kind of become one of those things. And that scares the shit out of me. (sighs) Zamira. You should be scared. There's literally everything about this should be scary. (laughs) I'm not... I'm not a good person, Zamira. I'm a lot of things. I do a lot of bad stuff. I've been around for a really long time, and I've hurt a lot of people. And I'm trying to do better now. But you... You deserve better and a normal existence. (laughs) I'm never going to get a normal existence. And... As you've said, I I just, I don't think you're the monster that you think you are. And I think that bad people don't try to be good. So maybe we both need to learn that. 
He lets go the the horse reins with one hand and like reaches over and grabs your hand and squeezes it. I guess that's all we can do then. I'll like scooch closer and like lay my head on his shoulder. We'll figure it out together. And Char? Of course. <laughs> so, and then you burn up the, the color of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives it that nice little tint. And I could probably hear like Risa's going, stop the fucking thing. <laughs> she man. probably finds it like weirdly comforting. Like, oh. You're going to annoy her so much she passes her intelligence saving throw. <laughs> Look, man, even even if we accidentally ourselves into that situation, I'm fine with it. (laughs) All right. So you continue on your travels. Eventually it gets to be dark. You don't run into anything else crazy the rest of the day. Uh, And you set up camp. You start to cook. Cast your alarm spell. Things are going fairly normally. Anything y'all want to do tonight? No. Just kind of scope the area. I mean. Um. So, I'm sorry. I did mean to say this before, so, like, retroactively. Um. I have a lot of books. You do. You do have a uh, lot of books. I have, like, a, a library in my bag of holding. So many books. Um. And not the journals. Well, not the orc journals, but... Everything else I am taking out and looking into. Um, specifically, I would like to go through um, the spell books. Um, I actually want to sit beside Headmistress Ristos and look through her spell book specifically. Um, just to see if she has anything where she's like, ooh, and like points to something or has any sort of recognition. Um, otherwise, I'm just sort of going to like talk to her like I'm reading her a story, like a bedtime okay. story. Okay. When you sit next to her and you pull out her spell book, you see a flicker of recognition and she puts out her hand and she touches the cover. She doesn't say anything, but she just sort of runs her hand down the cover. And then she waits to see what you do next. Um, Yeah, this is your book. Does it look familiar? She doesn't say anything. She's just staring at it. Um, I'm like, I'll turn the cover over and like the back. I don't know if there's anything on it at all. Like give her the opportunity to touch it again if she wants to. Um, And then if if she doesn't, I'll open it. Um, like show her her name and like her handwriting and all that kind of thing. Yeah. She seems really interested in what you're doing and very focused on it, but she doesn't reach for it anymore and she doesn't say anything. Okay. So I'll just, um, like anytime there's not a, like, I'm not going to read the spells to Mm -hmm. her, but like if there's pieces of theory where she has ideas that I will read. Okay. As you're doing that, you're going through and reading these pages and these theories and stuff. You see... That every once in a while she she takes out her hand again and she starts tracing over some of the sigils. Like she's trying to remember. Like the things are there and they're, they're memories, but she can't quite connect the dots, right? And she's listening so intently. 
to everything. And this is one of the first times that she's not like muttering or mumbling. Like she's really engaged in this moment with you. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do with that book, like the whole way the whole way through. Okay. Um, and just say like, what do you think that means? Like exactly like you would with a child. Yeah. Um and then if she's still awake, if she's not getting like I'm done with this or whatever. I'll do the same thing with um, Zima's. Was it Zima? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. With Zima's spell book. Um, and then, you know, o- over again and like, oh, you know, Zima, like you remember her. So again, the whole thing, like show her um, the front and the back cover and like all of the, all the stuff. It's an unfortunate role. Uh, when you take out Zima's book. Um, she does, there's not as much recognition there, but when you open the book and you say like, look, it's Zima's book, there is a moment where her, you hear her, like her breath catches, like she's trying to say something, but no words come out. And as, as quickly as that moment happens, it sort of passes. Okay. Um, and then just, um, is she still interested like even if she's not she seems less interested now maybe she's getting tired or okay she's frustrated because it's not working but so i'll just say like do you want to look at another book she just sort of shakes her head okay so then i'm gonna like instead of sitting beside her i'll like scoot around to like another chair or whatever seat and um keep going through books like i'll look through her journal i'll look through the gods book Oh, yeah. Because, like, I didn't return any of those library books. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. They're all checked out in Erebon. They are. <laughs> he specifically said, don't steal the books, and then you stole the books. I did. I did. The city was on fire. I did. It wasn't the city was on fire. Um, so, like, what I'm going to do with the gods book, uh, like, I'm going to see if, like, I'm going to do, like, another flip and land, see if anything, like, interests me. If nothing does, then I'm going to go to, like, one of the one of the novels. <laughs> okay. Roll well, me a percentile well, dice for this well. book. Ninety-eight. Damn. Good thing this isn't Cthulhu. <laughs> For real. That's a you're dead. So you flip into the book and you get almost to the end. And this book, as we talked about, is a little strange because there's a lot of different handwriting. Things have been added and changed and amended by at least four different hands that you can see in this book. And the last pages are the most recent editions. You know, some of these pages that were left empty in the end for editions. And you see some like hastily, I don't want to say hastily scribbled because that makes it sound worse than it is, but the rest of the book is like illuminated and beautifully done with calligraphy and stuff. And this part is not as well written. I'm sorry, uh, this book, if I'm remembering correctly, was, it has entries by multiple authors? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, like I said, at least four different hands, at least four different people you can identify just by their handwriting have contributed to this book. And this, this last portion of the book deals with the, the pact that was made. But the person writing about it seems to only have secondhand knowledge. And 
they're discussing um, what they know of the pact, which is that the Celestial Primus forced this pact on the Celestials to get them out of Vela to try to stop the people of this plane from being powerful enough to overthrow the Celestials themselves. There was some upheaval amongst the Celestials. Some of them didn't want to leave. Some of them did. And the person writing this is postulating different ways that the gods could still influence the plane, whether through astral projection or sending um, their own emissaries here from other places, a la Alias and people like that. And basically, it is a tirade and a rant saying that this was foolish because it just causes these very powerful beings to be sneakier and to find other ways to work in the shadows. Hmm. Interesting. That's it. Then I'll, cl- I'll close it shut and pull out the novel and start reading the smut. Okay. Uh, Char will carry Aristos back to the... So she can actually lay down and sleep. Okay. You do. Tuck her in. Lock the... Not lock, but like close the carriage so that, you know, she's the safest of all of you. (laughs) You're damn right. Yep. (laughs) She must be protected at all costs. (laughs) So, uh, with that, you all are going to head to sleep. And when we pick up the next episode, we are going to start at Kai's. So before we do that, is there anything else that during this travel you want to happen or to occur? Um, I want one evening where I want to attempt to take one of the pills, the sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. To see if it has any effect on my dreams, I am telling both of them that I'm doing this because, like, <laughs> with a sleeping pill, I'm a little afraid. Um, yeah. But what I'm hoping for is that I'm too deep to be affected. Um, but, like, if I'm not deep enough and I can't get myself out of the dream, like, I'll need them to be watching. Okay. Sure. anything that you are hoping to accomplish? No, not really. I don't think. Um, mostly just he. What he's looking for is to see if any foot traffic has occurred to or from recently, wherever they're traveling along. Okay. Um, and then mostly to see if any of the zombified creatures are still around. Okay. I will say so far you have not encountered any. Okay, and then most of the time I think he's he's spending with at least making sure Ristos is okay. Okay. Not necessarily to try to connect with her. No, that makes sense. All right. So, when we pick up next time, we'll discuss what happens when Zem takes the sleeping pill. We'll see if you can find any idea of where these strange creatures are, where they've been, why you haven't found them yet. And that's where we'll cut this episode, y'all. Woo! Woo! Woot, woot. Hello, dear listeners. I'm Coop the GM, host of the Echoes of Eshetan podcast. Echoes of Eshetan is a post-apocalyptic actual play audio drama where the dice rolls tell the story. Join me each week for a gripping journey across the deserts of Borka, festering swamps of Franca, and mother spore fields of Poland. 
these mature tales abandon whimsy and embrace the dark with grit, gore, and a glimmer of hope. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listener discretion advised. Intro music by Isaac Viers. Character designs by Cam Gonzalez. Produced by Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer Jen Kearney. And audio engineer Arthur Polino.